Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Real-time crime, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Real-Time Crime. I'm your host, Leah Lamar, and I have with me my good friend. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) We're really progressing. This is nice. Well, I mean, Adam and I did FaceTime you on 4th of July when we were (laughs) on a paddle, a swan paddle boat on a lake. Which has jumped up to the top of the list of some of my favorite memories and experiences to be um, at a Fourth of July party and get a FaceTime and be like, huh, and and turn it on and see the two of you on a giant swan paddle boating around a pond was it was the surprise I never knew I wanted. (laughs) I'm very sad that that's one of your top favorite memories. But also, you know, the pond is symbolic of Adam living across the pond. So and how when you so, see each other, it's like flying on a swan with yeah. a lot of pedal work. <laughs> Just so everyone knows, he's not here right now. He's hiding in my wall. But <laughs> <laughs> that'll be interesting to you later when we get to our main story, which is about frogging with pH. Like when you say you're like fat with a pH. Right. So not a real frog. No, no, not a real frog. It's someone who hides in the walls of your home or in the attic or in the basement or anywhere in your home and stalks you and watches you. But more on that later, because that is the story for our second half of the episode today. And we have a special guest, Jessica Everleth, who is the EP on this new show called Frogging, which will be out on Lifetime. You guys, I am I saw the screener and I'm disturbed, disturbed you got to listen to this interview. The show is uh, so cringeworthy in the way that you just, you literally are so afraid to move when you're watching it. 
I literally sat there clutching my blanket, listening to every possible noise that could ever happen and trying to justify what it could be. And then very scaredly took a flashlight and checked every nook and cranny of my house like a psycho. And did you call Adam afterward and tell him you were scared? I said, I need you to come all the way back to L.A. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. But before we get to that story, let's get to our hot topics, shall we? All right. All right. First hot topic for today. Uh Oh, man. This is one of those things where it's like we got to get Teddy's take on this. Jen Shaw, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City cast member, pleads guilty to telemarketing fraud. <sighs> OK, so. Jennifer Shaw pled guilty Monday to defrauding hundreds of victims, including some elderly, in a years-long telemarketing scheme. She pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. According to a plea argument, federal sentencing guidelines range 11 to 14 years in prison. Although I'm sure she'll go the Martha Stewart route with just a little ankle bracelet. As part of a plea argument, Sarah will pay 6.5 mil in forfeiture and up to 9.5 mil in restitution. She was arrested in 2021 while Bravo was filming the second season of the show. And she consistently professed her innocence, going as far as to state in a tagline for the show that said, the only thing I'm guilty of is being Shaw amazing. And saying that is, is you're guilty enough. That that alone, I would lock her up. You're guilty Shaw of being amazing. annoying. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who was like, yeah, that's a great tagline. Her guilty plea came as she was set to go to trial in federal court in Manhattan. They said that since 2012, Shaw and others sold so-called quote unquote business services to alleged victims including website design services to some elderly individuals who didn't even own computers i mean how much of a pos do you got to be shaw and others also identified and sold as leads the names of individuals who they knew would be defrauded by others i mean this is just trash human behavior prosecutor said shaw supervised the salespeople who lied directly to the victims of the scheme she sought to hide her role in the fraud by using encrypted messaging apps, placing companies in the name of family and others, and setting up an offshore bank account and business operations in Kosovo. She also underreported her income on tax returns for several years. Prosecutors say Shaw spent the proceeds from the fraud on her extravagant lifestyle as portrayed on the reality show. Sentencing in the case is scheduled for November 28th. Shaw told the judge, I knew this was wrong. I know many people were harmed. And I'm so sorry. Oh, I know. I feel so badly for her. Like oh, she no. just got caught up in it. She denied it for years, right? Said she had nothing to do with it. And then she finally came clean. And it's not because she turned things around and she realized the error of her ways. She no. did what people do. They got busted. They're facing something, you know, a, a punishment. And they're going to say, oh, my. I don't know. I realized that was wrong and I don't know what happened and blah, blah, blah. You did it. Live with it. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is that I wonder if it was like a chicken or the egg situation where she had to figure out a way to make more money to be more attractive for the show. Or if she was always going to do this sort of like horrible behavior, if this is who she is innately as a person. And... I mean, I guess it did because since 2012, she's been, yeah, so never mind. I take that back. It's been since 2012 that she's been scamming old people without computers for website services and then selling their personal information. So, yeah, that's way before the show. Yeah. And and she's so a bad she's person. Just, yeah, she's a bad person. And then somehow she ended up getting fame for something else. And luckily, you know, in, in a in a karmic way, 
season two, she gets arrested. Like the whole thing comes crashing down. Potentially that's what she wanted was fame and this and that. And then, and then it, you know, she lost it all because she made stupid, uh, I don't want to call them mistakes because she was aware of what she was doing. I, I feel like there's so much crime involved with the reality shows. There's always something happening and it's very confusing. It's like, what's up with the background checks on these people? Or do they have to check the income statements to make sure that, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, it's so interesting. I mean, I also think that she pled guilty because she knew that she was going to get caught. Yeah, probably. But the thing is, it's it's real housewives, right? And this is apparently what some of them are doing. There's well, a, one a fake girl housewife, that... in my opinion. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, but she has th- a job. Just kidding. Well, I mean, and I know a lot of people want to go to like I, I have zero tolerance for um, taking advantage of senior citizens no. and kids. I mean, I don't think you should take advantage of anybody no. or con them or scam them. But that's the worst. When you, it's the easy targets and it's the people that can't defend themselves. And if you morally are OK with that, then you're you're sicker than just, a, you know, which is weird to say than a normal criminal. But. Yeah, I also think that being on the reality show is probably the thing that did her in because it brought so much attention to her finances. I think mm. if she had never been on the reality show, she might not have been caught because who no one knew who she was. That's a good point. I, that's just my take. That's my hot take. No, it makes sense. And you know what? Good, good. It's, it's often, right? It's it's people being greedy or always wanting more in something that ends up being their downfall. And that's exactly what happened here. I hear that. Like I want Adam to get a visa or a green card and just him not being here is not good enough. I want more. I just wanted to make this about me somehow. Okay. But but that won't be your downfall. That'll be your uplifting. I'm very excited for us. Oh, for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For all three of us together. Mm. Yeah. When we live in a home together. (laughs) I actually have some, uh, I don't, not going to take it by now. I have some blueprints for uh, a swan boat that fits three. (laughs) It's my dream. I didn't know I needed this until now. Also, I just want to say, you know, tech companies sell our our personal information all the time. Our email addresses, our phone numbers, our addresses. All this information is getting shared all the time. And there are always constant breaches. Your social security number is getting stolen. This is getting stolen. It's like at this point, when I see that there's been my email's been, you know, oh, you're part of a breach. I'm like, I'm not even going to change my email address. Like, find whatever you need. Well, right. what do you I have nothing to hide number one number two like there's nothing to get from there you know it's just going to be like scripts that never made it right <laughs> and and trust me you cannot sell those <laughs> I'll know I'll sue your ass and um you know I I think it's I think what she did is different because she, what she did was prey on these people first and then once she realized that they were kind of the gold standard for scamming, gave the information to other people so that they could continue to be scammed. Right. Uh, and I know I come across as like a high and mighty here, like, oh, don't do this. So I, I'll be honest, though, if you want to know what's really going on in my head right now, I'm fascinated by the fact that she sold website design to people who didn't have computers. Like, how does that conversation go? No, she's an amazing saleswoman. And honestly, I'd like to take a course from her. This feels like a Jordan Belfort situation where people are like, well, you did something shitty, but how do we make money? Yeah. You know, it's, it's she's a good saleswoman. I mean, I'm not, again, not condoning it, but I'm fascinated by it. Fascinated. Fascinated. I mean, that's like selling milk at a hardware store. How did she do that? <laughs> All right. So just moving on to the next story. Speaking of stealing from people. A mugger stole $60,000 Rolex, pistol whipped a woman outside California market, 
And look, of course it's an armed robber. It's California, baby. We're a crime country now. Mm-hmm. So there's the police are still searching for two suspects who stole a man's 60K gold Rolex and pistol whipped his female companion outside a grocery store on Monday. KABC TV captured the victims kneeling behind their vehicle in a parking lot outside 99 Ranch Market in Roland Heights, which is near LA, on Saturday afternoon. And the woman screaming during the frightening assault, obviously, she was pistol whipped. The pair were set upon as they loaded groceries into their car. One of the suspects pistol whipped the guy, knocking him to the ground while robbing him of his luxury watch. The second attacker then assaulted the woman with his weapon. And the suspects apparently were wearing black hoodies and gray sweatpants. So just any boy in L.A. And they took off in a white Dodge Challenger. I just got to say, don't park next to Challengers. Anyone who's got a a Dodge Challenger (laughs) is looking for trouble. That car, the accelerator goes too fast for normal people. It just, you put your foot on and it's 100 miles per hour and you were just at zero. So if if you're parked next to a Challenger, just letting you know, this could be your fault. I'm not saying they were parked next to a Challenger. I'm just saying, look out in the future. Think twice before you park next to a Challenger. That's our public safety tip. Thank you. And also they had paper license plates. I, I just I like the idea of it being like a paper plate. Right. <laughs> like a well, little like with a little blade around it. it. Well, I'll, um, I'll give California this because not too long ago, we didn't have those. So people would just have a dealer sticker or whatever. And there was no license plate. And so people would not change their plates forever. So it was sure. impossible to track those cars. Well, the other thing is that these robbers were between 25 and 30, and they both had semi-automatic guns. <sighs> Look, I, I just think we... I understand the right to bear arms. However, I don't think any civilian needs a semi-automatic weapon. No. I'm I'm against guns, but I just say, how are civilians getting semi-automatic weapons? That leads me to believe that they're either involved with the military or involved with a huge gang or in some sort of like big crime ring. I mean, like, how do you get semi-automatic guns? I don't know. And and like you said, there's no reason to have those. But, but when no. you look back and the fact that these guys just got pistol whipped, which means they were hit with the gun. Right. Yeah. I mean, this could have been way worse. Yeah. I mean, look, I think it's unfair to blame the people for wearing a gold Rolex. You're allowed to be a human being. Those things exist so that you can wear them. You should be able to go into public and not be assaulted and robbed. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's his fault. It's not his fault. But you, if, you're go- if you choose to do that, you are putting yourself more at risk than not. So I'm not saying you're inviting it. I'm not saying that you should. It's your fault. I'm not saying you should. But you have to be aware of the fact that if you're doing that, you I am someone that's I feel like I'm always alert on stuff, alerted on stuff on high alert, I should say. I don't know if it's from watching a bunch of stuff or reading stories all the time. So I feel like I always know something when I walk into a restaurant, I scan the room and I'm like, okay, that person's that or it's not a it's not like a profile thing, but I'm just look around to see to know the the situation. And I feel like if I were to be wearing a sixty thousand dollar watch, which I would never do. I feel like I would be constantly like looking around because I would I would be on edge knowing that this is out there flashing. Okay, I'm going to be honest. We recorded the second half of this podcast first. And Dimitri tells a personal story from his childhood and says he doesn't have PTSD from it. But what he just told me lets me know he definitely has PTSD. <laughs> You're like, the second I go anywhere, I look at all my surroundings and look at everyone around me. It's like, that's not yeah. PTSD. That's just being that's just being safe. That's being careful. Like. Yeah. The more alert you are, the less you'll be surprised by something. Yeah, I mean, 
do you think that there will be a decrease in sales of luxury goods? I don't think there will be. I just think people will probably wear their luxury goods out less frequently unless they're around other people who are also doing the same thing. Like at a high-end nightclub where there's security or something. Well, or it's it's country tough. club. Like, why do you have those high-end things? Because you want to wear them out and, and be seen with them, right? Yeah. So it's very, like, and I know there's people that lock them up and only wear them on special occasions. And I don't know. To me, what's the point of having that? Like, it's not me to begin with. This is not my style. But uh, if you had that, like, do you want to hide it? Do you want to only wear it at certain times? Do you want to, I don't, it just, I don't see the reward on that. The, the, the. The downside is clear. We just talked about it. Yeah, I mean, I just got an expensive item for the first time in my entire life. And that's I... what Adam said as well. <laughs> it's you. Oh, I'm very expensive. <laughs> um, I'm not actually. I am. And I am treating it like a child. Like I put it back in its crib when we come home and the crib has a lock on it. And because <laughs> that is what will happen to my baby. It will be locked in a crib and not allowed to come out. No, no, don't. Just don't even put that on a recording. <laughs> you can't do that. What may I ask what this item is? I don't want anyone to steal my baby. Well, no, but you can't lock them. <laughs> there in a are crib. froggers around, Dimitri. Nope. What is the, what is this item that we've indulged ourselves with? Um, it's a bag. I got a nice bag when I was in Paris with Adam. And I've never owned a nice bag before. So I've never worried. So now when I do go out, if I'm going to a place that I think will either A, be dirty or B, <laughs> like chance. if I'll have to put the bag down somewhere, um, I, I usually just bring my backpack instead. Right. So, but do you feel like if you, when you take that bag out, right, do you feel like, are you like, okay, I'm holding this expensive bag and do you feel like people are noticing it? Does it put you on edge? That's the whole, that's the whole point, Dimitri. I know, but that's, <laughs> see, the, that's see. A, the whole point. It's two no. sides. I know. I know. It's interesting because I think the people who care notice. The people who recognize brand names notice. You know, the other people who also have them notice. And then I think people who are trying to take advantage of you also notice. It's a right. double-edged sword. I mean, you know, it's also like, why do I care about people noticing that I have a nice bag? Why do I care to have a nice bag let's dive Maybe. into that i mean yeah i i just um one of our other producers just sent a chat that said birkin baby <laughs> <laughs> look i hear you you know it's um i think women really enjoy bags and shoes and i don't mean that in a derogatory way i think it's like a like almost it's almost like a fun self-worth thing to be like i love this designer and they're luxury items and I'm proud to wear them and I'm proud to rep this designer and it makes me feel confident makes me feel good and makes me feel beautiful and glamorous and I enjoy all those things you know there I don't you have any designer shoes I'm working on one step at a time you guys and uh, I just have a bag and also um, I got sent some jewelry that is expensive wait are those a... are those orthopedic sneakers you wear those aren't uh, designer they're just generic yeah they weren't Balenciaga if you can <laughs> I believe that and um, I was sent some nice jewelry, and I do think about where I wear it. Well, you just, but you just, that's fine for me. You, What you just said makes sense to me, and I think that's a perfect reason. If it makes you feel good about yourself and it makes you feel, you know, whatever it is, accomplished, confident, whatever, I think that's fine. But with that comes the responsibility of being aware of where you wear it and how you, and how you carry it. Of course, and I think it's important. 
have insurance on your quote unquote expensive things. I mean, it's just like, why would I need a house versus a one bedroom apartment? I just want the space. I have other rooms that I want. You know, I, I have other, I want to set up a studio. I want to do this and that. You know, it's like, why does anyone want more? Why does anyone want something that's expensive? You know, it's like, why do you buy a certain top? Because it is the right color for me. It makes me feel good and confident when I walk into a room. You know, some people, you walk into a room and, you know, a plastic bag, people aren't going to take you seriously. Mm-hmm. I think first impressions are a lot of this business and a lot about life too. Like you go on a first date, the first thing you do is see someone and whether or not they care about wealth or items of wealth, they do probably will care about aesthetic. You know, I don't know that many people who go on a first date having no clue what the person looks like. There are very few blind dates, you know? So it's mm-hmm. like you go because you see their photos and you think, Oh, this person's attractive. It's the same thing with anything else. Right. Well, I, I will say I just I'm trying to make this. myself feel better, by the way. No, yeah, I think and it's fine. I think what you're saying is totally fine. Um, but what I will say, which I just dawned on me now, and this may come across as a slight, but it's definitely not. The, the difference is no, the difference Bring is it you're, on, Dimitri. you're single, right? You you're with you have a boyfriend, but you don't have kids. Right. And yeah. so I don't fear me as a person like when I was single, when I was just me going places, I don't really fear much. Right. Mm. But when you have other people especially younger people that are that look to you and you now you have to protect them you become a little so would i have worn something i, I would never have a sixty thousand dollar rolex i just don't think unless someone gave it to me would i have worn that Dimitri, or, or, I have something i need to tell you oops you got me a gift there's something outside your door <laughs> yeah yeah great Hurry up before it gets stolen um would i have done more quote-unquote careless type of things or yeah i probably would have but now i'm i'm less open to it because there's other people then I'm putting other people in danger. I get that. And, you know, to each his own. Mm-hmm. And it makes sense. But Speaking when you of- have that baby locked in the crib, I think you'll think differently <laughs> as well. Well, the baby's going to be able to breathe. I just don't want anyone coming and taking my baby. Mm-hmm. I'm mentally ill. Okay. <laughs> so moving on to the theme of today, which is stealing from our hot topics. American Airlines passenger accused of stealing $10,000 midair from fellow flyers. So he did this during the trip from Buenos Aires to Miami on Tuesday. Diego Sebastian Radio. I feel like his last name is not pronounced radio, but here we are. Yeah. It, it can't be. But It's spelled that way, so. Right. Could be radio. Radio. I don't know. I wanted to roll my R. Let me live. That's why okay. you have five R's on your TikTok. Yeah. Leon Mar. Allegedly. Also stole more than 14,000 Argentine pesos, which is about 110 USD, and two credit cards from two other passengers during the July 5th flight. At least one flight attendant noticed some suspicious activity mid-flight, and according to the affidavit signed by a passenger, noticed that radio initially paced the aisle of the plane and then took an unassigned seat near one of the victims. The crime was discovered when a flight attendant asked the passenger to check her belongings and discovered that several items were missing. Ugh, the... So he's now in custody and he was arrested by Customs and Border Patrol. And after the missing items were found in his possession, this is when he was arrested, obviously. I mean, again, this goes into the same thing. Are are you just like, I don't know. Are you, are you going to be more mindful on flights about what sort of bags you bring? Like, would you might maybe not bring a Louis Vuitton luggage? because someone's watching and could steal. I haven't actually personally heard of people stealing on flights before. You know why? Because there's nowhere to go. So this guy's yeah. an idiot. Like he, he stole stuff. If you're going to steal something on a plane, 
you have nowhere to go. So if you're going to do it, and it's not like I'm giving tips to these people, but this is my opinion. If you're going to do it, take something. Take something from the person next to you. Take something from this. But the guy's walking awkwardly up and down the aisle, sitting in different seats, taking a bunch of stuff from different people. That's just, that's begging to be caught. Yeah. And you can't get away. You're on a plane. No, there's nowhere to go. I mean, there's literally nowhere to run or hide. This guy, I mean, what did he, I don't know what he thought. I mean, he might have been on drugs. Who knows? How do you think you're going to get away with that? But I um, I think people do kind of let their guards down when they're flying. You know, they're either thinking about not dying and crashing or they're crying <laughs> watching a movie or they're passed out just trying to get a quick nap in before they get off the plane. And also because yeah. you just assume that no one would do it because it's like, where are you going to go? Right. You cannot run from this crime. I mean, I'm... I don't know. I've had a lot of weird experiences on airplanes, but it's all just been with annoying people who have bothered me. So I had to switch seats. Nothing to do with someone stealing from me. Yeah. Well, like but you're right. Time, you don't. Yeah, go ahead. I'm listening. This one time I um, was flying to Ibiza. Lol, and I dropped my Invisalign case on the floor. I was just like a t- full on Mr. Bean at this point. Just like whoop, 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 whoop. Like everything was falling out. And the case slid all the way to the front of the plane. And the guy sitting in the front was a very elderly man. He was reacting like a spaceship, like an alien craft had. He was like, what is this? And I was like, I'm so sorry. That's my Invisalign. <laughs> and very he took it out and put it in his mouth. He's like, mouth, can I yeah. try them? Nice. Yeah. I'm like, they don't give you teeth. Um, they just mold the ones you have but yeah and then I had this rabbi once sit next to me after a traumatic time in Panama City trying to get back to New York and all my flights being cancelled and the airport being shut down and there being no food and water for over 24 hours and I didn't speak Spanish this rabbi was like oh you should have children by now you shouldn't be an artist and I was like I have to move this seat this was the most traumatic part of that. That I'd rather have my wallet stolen than have to like listen to someone tell me what I should be doing with my life. I know, and I'm like, you're a man of the Lord, you know, just leave me alone. Anyway, um, so Dimitri, do you have any worse experiences on a flight? No, mine are always just uh, you know annoyances. No, I've never had something um, super bad happen on a flight. Um, so no, I've never been you know nothing where like. It's it's more like people get angry, you know, or people start yelling or something like not at me, but people start yelling. And then it's just kind of like the flight attendant. Like I've been on a couple things where they had to like take them off before the flight left, but nothing outrageous. I've never been on anything with with punches thrown or anything. Thank you know, thank goodness anything too bad. But it's you know, it's a you're, you're in, in an enclosed tube and you're in there for a long period of time and people's personalities come out in different ways. So there's there's always the possibility of something. My favorite thing that happened to me recently was there was a girl who her her ticket kept beeping red and she was yelling at the flight attendant there's this huge line b- behind her trying to get onto the plane everyone's trying to get on the plane she's like scan it again scan it again i just changed the ticket this is the, like please scan it again that's my seat number and she just had the completely wrong flight <laughs> and when she walked away i i thought everyone was going to start applauding because it was she was i mean the amount I'm of self-righteousness was unbelievable. I was like, oof, I saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. And by the way, be gracious about it. Like, just even if that was the right, it's hilarious that it was the wrong flight. Oh, but she, even when, if when it she was, walked away, ugh. people don't want to help you when you're being an ass. I've learned this. <laughs> no, 
and I'm so glad she wasn't on my flight. Yeah. I was like, if this is how she is now. But then to be fair, I probably would have also been her if I was like very sure it was my <laughs> Scan it again. Anyway, you guys, uh, let's take a quick break before we bring on our amazing guest for today and talk about frogging, which you're not going to want to miss because it is absolutely terrifying. I give it a 10 out of 10 cringe. All right. We'll be right back. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a, a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful Beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. And we're back to Real Time Crime. You guys, I'm very excited about our guest and equally as excited to talk about the show that she is an EP on. And dear God, Dimitri, I don't know if you watched the first episode, you know, we get privileged information sometimes. Lucky wow. us. Well, it's only right. I know. I know. When so, you're special, you get those things. Uh, yeah, that's what my parents <laughs> said. Um, <laughs> and and the whole show is called Frogging Hider in My House. Think hmm. about that. You already have a picture. The picture in your head is correct. The show is going to premiere Monday, July 18th, 10, 9 central. So everyone, we have with us here our special guest today, Jessica Everleth. Hi, Jessica. <laughs> Hi, good to be with you guys. 
so incredible having you here with us today. I watched the first episode and we already told our listeners we're spoiled. We got an early copy and I'm blown away and disturbed and terrified and now thinking that someone is living in my walls. I mean, everybody's going to think that right after they watch the show. It's incredible. And they're, each one of them could be their own horror movie. These are stranger than fiction stories. Um, each one could be, like I said, its own movie. I just thought my thought was these are all going to be made into separate Netflix movies. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> each story is almost as unbelievable as the next. Agree. And sorry, Dimitri, go for it. No, what I was going to say is I have a problem. I can read a news article and think, oh, well, that's weird. So I did see one recently about someone that was living in someone's attic. And I thought that's weird, but probably just, a, you know, an anomaly or something. And then this show comes and I, you know, see the trailer and I see the first episode and I'm like, crap, this is something that happens a lot. So, so I went from being able to dismiss it to now being terrified. And like every little noise I hear in the house, I'm like, okay, well, I got a whole community up there. That's great. Yeah. Exactly. It's more common than you think. And when we dug into our research, we found 200 cases, like immediately. Immediately, which means that there are so many more. Yeah. And there's two stories per hour in frogging. So there's 20 stories and they're just, they're just wild. Okay. So first of all, I don't do well. I know we have a true crime podcast, but historically I don't do well with horror. Anything that seems like a psychological thriller really disturbs me. And Mm -hmm. I did not sleep well last night. I do blame you. (laughs) (laughs) There is a monster under the bed. Now I'm convinced. Now I'm checking every closet door. I'm checking every nook and cranny of my house. Every time I walk in, I mean, that's what will happen to everyone once they start watching the show. Absolutely. They're going to have to check their crawl spaces, their attics um, behind any kind of false walls that they have. Um, hiding spaces. I would prefer a monster or a ghost as opposed to a real person in my wall or in my attic. Yeah, well, you know, rather... funny. I've mentioned ghosts. Most people believe that they had a ghost in their house before they jumped to the conclusion they had an intruder. That's what was really funny because it kind of starts off slowly where things disappear or they move, they disappear, then reappear somewhere else. Um, food starts to disappear and they hear footsteps, um, maybe some kind of like disembodied voice, but it's really just a faint voice they're hearing from another room and they think they have a ghost in the house. I would rather until have... they confront the broader. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would rather have a pastor come into my house and perform an exorcism and I'm Jewish than for there to be an actual human hiding in my walls. And and Jessica, just so the listeners have a better understanding, in your own words, can you describe what frogging is? Frogging is my understanding is when it's not squatting, it's when someone is living in your house at the same time, unbeknownst to you. So it's kind of like the movie Parasite, where the family was living in the basement at the same time as the other family. That's frogging. And sometimes the house is the target of the frogging, or it's the person. So when it's the person, it's really more of a stalking frogger situation, which is even more scary. There was that image that I saw of someone removing like the electrical outlet and just you see eyes mm-hmm. peering through it. <laughs> so what do you what is the what do you find is the most common reason? Is it that they just need a place to live or is it that they're doing creepy, pervy stuff? Um, I would say most of the time it's creepy stuff. So occasionally, if somebody just needed someplace to live for right. free in secret, but 
yeah, there are a lot of stalking cases. So yeah, they want to be able to spy or there's a neighbor who now is, is fixated on the person living in a nearby apartment and they, they're like a peeping Tom, you know, but now they're frogging, they're living above their space. So we've had a few of those as well. So it's, it's very scary, especially for a woman who lives alone, you know, I would imagine. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Are, are there any cases where the frogger was allowed to claim squatters rights? No, they, the people who were caught were arrested and then various charges, breaking and entering, stalking, um, some assault charges. Yeah, so it was it's a serious crime. It's not it's not squatting. OK, and I just want to take it back for two seconds and just talk about you for a second. Your career is so well-rounded and it seems super eclectic. You know, you've worked on some iconic shows, but it seems like true crime has always been a passion of yours. I guess I'm just curious to know what you love about true crime. Um, well, I started off in documentaries and music, and I I moved to L.A. 20 years ago, and then my first job was working on a true crime show with a famous blood spatter expert, Dr. Henry Lee, so I think that's what kind of launched my career in true crime, so that's that's just been my lane. <laughs> crime investigation documentaries. And and also, I, I hate to bring this up, but we do know you worked on the R. Kelly documentary. <laughs> And just so curious to know your thoughts now that the ruling has come to light. Yeah, I mean, I'm, real, I'm glad the women, um, you know, were heard and there's been justice. He is facing another trial. I think it's going to be televised, too. So there's one coming up in August. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. But I mean, I'm just I'm still blown away at the impact the documentary have. And you know, it was a very um it was one of the most difficult things I've ever worked on, one of the most important projects, if not the most important. I mean, you you brought justice to survivors. That was the goal. And um, I'm really glad, you know, I'm happy for them. Do you think that he deserved more than 30 years? Um, you know, it's it's interesting because I think Ghislaine Maxwell was sentenced the same week and people were talking about that, that she got 20 years and our Kelly got 30 so, you know, I, I wasn't at the trial. I, I don't know. Um, I just know that uh, the women needed to be protected and there's he's facing a lot more, um, you know, in terms of this trial coming up in Chicago. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for shedding some light on that. I mean, we've all been following that story now, obviously, for a long time. Mm -hmm. And OK, so moving on from R. Kelly, unless... Dimitri has. I have a cat. Questions. He's gonna scream. Like, of course, because we're on a Zoom. When you work at home, <laughs> you have a dog or a cat, so he just entered. So at least you know what the at least you know what the noise is. It's not coming from the wall. <laughs> not the frogger, right? I have a yeah. cat. Not this time, thank God. Okay, so with frogging, how did this idea come to you, and how did you even begin to find people who had been accosted by froggers? Well, the the company uh, came to me with the project. They had developed it for some time, and Lifetime was really excited about it. So, having worked for Lifetime in the past on surviving R. Kelly, um, they they told me about the project. It sounded really interesting. That it was non murder crime to work on. So that was nice, nice reprieve from working on a lot of you know other um, shows that are more you know that are harder to work on um, in terms of like victim impact. But 
surprisingly, these victims were all super traumatized. So here he is, he's made an appearance. <laughs> um, these victims have residual trauma. They um, don't feel safe in their own home. And um, so, yeah. And <laughs> would you say that there have been any shows that you've worked on, including this one, that have left you traumatized? Well, I, I think Surviving R. Kelly did because there it was just so intense and there were you know constant threats going on um i think it was in the papers that he you know there was a gun threat phoned in um to a screening in new york so it was just you know that was all in the newspapers it was in rolling stone and several newspapers so that was really intense but i mean i'm always i always feel for the victims when i work on a crime show it isn't just a job it's like i have to feel I want to feel connected to the people, um, you know, who want to tell their stories. So, um, and then I usually keep in touch with people afterward. That's so nice. That is nice. We haven't done that. No. We should probably do that. <clears throat> no. I mean, I haven't kept in touch with anyone in the last 20 years. I only know Dimitri. <laughs> but, Jessica, okay, so there are 10 episodes, and every episode is two stories. Do they increase in intensity, or is every episode just bangers <laughs> of terrifying? <laughs> Yeah, I think the first two stories are the scariest, but then the last few stories are also very, very scary. So the, the first and the second ones um, could easily sustain an entire, you know, two hour feature film. They're that bad. <laughs> They're that intense. Could, could you give us a brief synopsis of the one that scared you the most? Just the like one a little that teaser? Well, the first the first one, as you know, um, Secret Surgeon, um, that that story was very intense. I mean, the family came home. Um, they were on vacation. They confronted the Frogger at the front door. But only after he was hauled away and arrested, they found out that he had been watching them for weeks and he had planned on performing surgeries on them. And they found knives and other things in the house. The second episode is also very scary because the Frogger was stalking and terrorizing the family for months. They were, he was pretending to be the ghost of one of the women's dead mother. Oh. So that was very intense. So, yeah. So, was so the Frogger was pretending to be a ghost. Um, he was only caught later. And then after that person got out of prison, went on to kill people. So they were lucky to be alive. What? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how did they catch him finally again? They saw him in the house. They had left the house when they heard noises. They confronted the Frogger. They left. They came back with the police and then the police got him out of the oh, house. Oh, no, no. I mean, after he committed the murders. Uh, there was a manhunt. Oh, find him. Wow. Yeah. So is there a common through line of severe mental illness in a lot of the Froggers? Well, I are you referring to the first episode that you watched? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I would say that one was a little, I think, an anomaly because he was, it was a random, he had fixated on the homeowners, but he didn't know them before. Whereas the second episode I'm referring to, there was a relationship with the people who lived in the house. So the, the, the Frogger was really a stalker. So when it's random, it's, it's, I guess, not as scary, but even still after the Frogger is caught, people don't, do not feel safe in their home. No, I mean, I remember, I don't want to give anything away, but watching the first story and and seeing that there were notes left about mm -hmm. like, you know, start planting 
equipment and and ca- you know and cameras and this sort of stuff and all these notes and it's interesting because it's like at what point do you think that they want to get caught or do you think that they're the, maybe in this case in specific he's just so delusional that he wasn't even thinking it like that I think he was delusional, but I think they're also very lucky they came home and confronted him. So if, had they not, he could have just slipped back up into the attic and killed them in their sleep. And they were they were completely vulnerable to him because he had been there for a while. And he knew about their private life and about- Yeah, and he knew that he knew their routine when they when they that's usually when people, you know, find the froggers when they break their routine and come home early or their schedule changes. And so you'll, you'll see a lot of that in the story. When somebody comes home from work early and they break the routine, they find the frogger. I'm cringing so much. That's the article I had I had read uh, was somebody I think was living in the attic for a while. And what he would do is he'd come down in the middle of the night and he'd just sit there and watch her sleep and like mm-hmm. video it as well. And it's like, I mean, but there's some there's some weird stuff. Like we're thinking, okay, people are like, oh, I don't have a big attic. I can't, but, but they really, there's there's some crafty ways that they live inside these houses isn't it yeah they can just kind of slip in and then hide in a closet and then slip back out so it's not like they're just living in the closet 24 7 or living in the crawl space 24 7 they get out they come and go and then they slip back in when they know the homeowner's routine and then they watch them they watch them through air vents they drill holes in walls they remove electrical plates those are the ones those are the stocking stories again but the ones that are just kind of there because they want place to sleep um yeah in general they don't do that the good news is for me is none of my neighbors want anything to do with me so i feel pretty safe <laughs> yeah see i have the opposite problem where it's like my ex-boyfriend is hiding behind electrical socket i'm like fine we can live together <laughs> but you put him there so it's different yeah it is different it is different um but okay so you know the thing that's so terrifying about this is that this seems like one of those things that the police wouldn't take seriously do you find that that happens that homeowners would go to the police and report that they felt like someone was in their house and then they were yeah. taken seriously or not mm-hmm. taken seriously? Yep. And they do a search and they can't find anything. And then they could, they're called back. You'll see that on multiple stories and it's really not the police's fault. I mean, they, they've done their right. best. They looked in every room um, and you know, the frogger just slips out or they they found a great hiding spot and can remain undetected. Well, also, no one would think yeah. Yeah, no one would think to look in an air vent. Well, I'm not really hiding in an air vent. They're looking through an air vent. Oh, good. From your location. <laughs> they need more room to stretch out. This, <laughs> right. this is good. This is good, though, for people that um, that thought that they, they were safe. We've now added another level to something that your mind didn't quite explore. So make sure you watch this show alone and at night. <laughs> in the pure darkness. Mm-hmm. Check everything before you well, just... Sorry, what you think is alone, but uh-huh. maybe not. Another interesting thing is that, you know, ring cameras and surveillance cameras, they catch froggers too. So people find out they have a frogger because, you know, those, you know, those images end up going to somebody's phone and then they're alerted, you know, at work. So those are pretty good at catching froggers. So I highly recommend those. That's so interesting because if I was a frogger and I saw a ring light, I would assume that they could see me. Or they just plant them where they can't or see just, it. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I mean, especially in the first one where things are getting picked up. And it's like, wouldn't you want to put things back exactly where they were? Right. You know, I think it's interesting that 
it's clear that something is off and Mm -hmm. they're not really putting in a lot of effort to make it feel like no one is there. But it's probably a psychological thrill for them, right? Mm. Because, I mean, if you're going to sit there and watch someone, right, you want to see them kind of scared themselves or react to stuff and not thinking that you're there watching them. It'd be the same thing as setting up a camera and watching people's reactions to stuff. Yeah, you're so so right. Yeah. So they probably do leave it uh, not exactly the same for that reason. Well, Dimitri, as the frogging expert. (laughs) (laughs) He's right, though. I mean, people, yeah, there are some, you know, really sinister froggers that want to instill terror into some of these homeowners. And so they enjoy watching them be frightened. This is so absolutely terrifying to me. Kind of like we're enjoying watching Leah be frightened right now. I'm I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm literally sitting here just thinking about all my cabinets. I'm like, do I need... I'm. I'm like, do I need to get a ring light right now? What would you suggest to people to defend themselves against froggers? Or what to do if they suspect they have a frogger? They should probably just leave and and call the police if they really think there's somebody there, especially if they see evidence that somebody's been in their home. Mm -hmm. Um, If they have tried that, then I would say get yeah, plant surveillance cameras all over the house. And and I, I would venture to, to say that there's enough crazy in the world. There's enough crazy people in the world. Don't just turn back to yourself and be like, I'm imagining this. I'm crazy. Check it out first. And then like, don't just put it on yourself and be like, oh, I'm I, this is me. I'm crazy. No, there could be someone doing crazy stuff and, and don't sell them short. Unless yeah. it's me, in which case I probably am just crazy. <laughs> well, that I think is a nice combo. It's a nice 50-50. It's like a surf and turf. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. So um, when when you were talking to the victims, was there anything that stood out to you about um, how they felt or how they, was there anything like a common through line or um, actions that they all took or, or any sort of like big fights they got into families with or anything like that? Because when yeah. someone else doesn't believe you, it seems like that could yeah. really create tension to the point of divorce yeah i mean some people think that they're just under stress especially if they live with another person and or they think that like i said they think they have a ghost in the house um there yeah it does create a lot of tension when one person is experiencing the froggy and the other person isn't so um but i think you know finally you know like when you watched in the first episode um the roommates when they found the man's handprint in the bathroom that was enough they all they all got it, but they, they, again, they thought they had a ghost in the house too. I think this is the most uncomfortable I've ever been on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. We actually, <laughs> when I was, there you go, it is, it is, it's, it's quite creepy. And luckily, I mean, for me, I'm the type of person that likes to prove something. So if my wife was like, there's somebody living here, I would be the person that would go up in the attic and I would check every night. See, there's not just so I could say, see, there's not nothing to worry about. But when I was little, I found out years later we had somebody that was uh, like a, I don't know if it was a runaway or somebody that that basically had broken into our basement for a while and had been staying there. But I think it was like, I think our next door neighbor like knew them and was like, oh, you can get in there. And basically so he offered up our basement. What? Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize this until years later, my sister told me, but. So it was permission what? Well, kind of <laughs> by someone that didn't have, wasn't able to grant permission, but yes. <laughs> Please and I used to go me. down to that basement by myself all the time. I was when I found this out as an adult, I was like, "What the?" Mm-hmm. Have you gone to therapy about this, Dimitri? <laughs> no, this is it. I didn't want to bother the therapist, or you know, with the insurance, it's a hassle. They want to see the card, and 
So I just figured I'd bring it up at some point on this podcast. Wow, this is a perfect time. Thank you so much. Okay, also, let me just say, um, Dimitri, I, I actually can't believe you've never brought this up before. Yeah, well, I, I think I, uh, I think I it was suppressing it until I just was like, oh, wait a minute. Somebody living <laughs> in the basement. Sure, I don't know how long it was for, but any even a minute's too long for me. I mean, now when you go into your basement, do you feel like you have PTSD? I would. Uh, nah, I don't know. I don't worry about stuff like that now. Um, but I think it was more of like when I found out and I thought about childhood me, like oh. I, that, that scared the crap out of me. But now I'm just like, whatever, I'll go down and check it out. God, what's it like to be well-adjusted? <laughs> you can be on season two. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, okay. So, so Jessica, you've also done a lot of lighthearted lifestyle shows like House Hunters. You know, mm-hmm. what What do you feel like is more satisfying for you as a producer? I mean, I love, it's funny because you guys work on a crime show. I we, I work on crime shows. I like to decompress and watch a lot of like home reno shows at night. I don't want to come home and watch more crime because I've been dealing with it all day. So um, those are those are just fun and lighthearted shows. I really like them. But I mean, I love the challenge of documentaries and True crime is interesting. Um, also investigations, like even Catfish, I worked on Catfish, that was an investigation, but it's a love story first and a mystery second. So those shows are fun, even though it's more of a lighthearted investigation show. But I would say anything that creates an impact, that's my favorite thing to work on. Ooh. Was there any episode of Catfish that really stuck out to you? Uh, there's one where the uh, catfish pretended he was a big music producer. And <laughs> Welcome anyway, to Hollywood, kid. Yeah, you're going to have to be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that one stood out in my mind. But I worked on a spinoff show called Un- Untold Stories. So these were like past tense stories, not active investigations, um, where people tell their wildest catfish stories, how they fell in love with somebody. And it was like, you know, somebody they already knew who didn't like them. They didn't like them back. Crazy stuff. So, oh, people are so bizarre. Okay, so, <laughs> okay. Of of all the projects you've worked on, has there anything that's really stayed with you, or haunted you, so to speak, or something that's really left an impact? Well, I'm probably surviving R. Kelly just because of what the women went through. Yeah, that stayed with me. Wow. Okay. Well, Jessica, I don't want to take up all of your time today. So, unless Dimitri has any other questions. No, I think I'm uh, sufficiently uh, freaked out. Oh, <laughs> just, just I don't think we ever explained it. Fro- the name frogging, because it's with a PH, right? Mm-hmm. So also when you're looking it up, don't put in, uh, you know, don't put in FR, it's PH. But where does that come from? Like a frog that leaps from place to place. So somebody who's like just moving around undetected, but they spelled it with a PH. Got it. So like a frog, the animal. So people didn't think they were looking up at a frog documentary. It's a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So just make sure you check your crawl spaces and your attics. <laughs> and your basement. Immediately following the podcast, I bet. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I'm going to go find crawl spaces in my house. That's <laughs> can't wait. So you guys, just to be sure you've heard this before, but we're going to say it again. The show premieres Monday, July 18th at 10, 9 central. It also streams the next day. It's on Lifetime, and it's called Frogging with a PH, mm-hmm. Hider in My House. And Jessica, thank you so much for oh, being with you. us today. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. When Dr. Sabah and I decided to do a skincare line together, he said to me, we are going to give women meaningful beauty. And I said, that's exactly right. We want to give women meaningful beauty, which means each and every product is meaningful. It has a a reason to exist. It's efficacious. You're going to get results. And then you just go out and live your life. Meaningful beauty. Confidence is beautiful. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey guys, Rob Parker here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer. Making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like the rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower further than ever before or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail dominating power and captivating style the new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true and with the new available tech this legendary truck is getting even better and when you buy a Toyota truck you buy Toyota dependability meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future so visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com Toyota, let's go places I mean, just in case you wanted to be freaked out, there's sometimes we can talk about something on this show, on this podcast and and we're fine, you can walk away from me like well that was a good conversation, but now this is going to stick with you for a while, isn't it? I'm so uncomfortable, Dimitri (laughs) I don't know (sighs) I, I, uh, like the story of the boy that hides inside the walls of the family home, terrorizing the teenage girls for months. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting because in my head, I'm like, this isn't a game. This yeah. isn't funny. These are people's real lives. If this was happening to me, I would be going absolutely batshit. I mean, you know me. Well, yeah. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're kind of heading that way anyway. But imagine all these times when you're saying, you know, here at the podcast, we get screeners first and we have the privilege. So we're the only ones that get to see them. But now you realize someone could be watching along with you. And that's our episode for today, everyone. Um, thank you so much. I will be hosting this podcast alone next week. <laughs> but I'll think I'll be alone. But Dimitri will just be in the air vent behind me. But <laughs> this is this has been never again, Dimitri. This has been never again, Dimitri. And also, I cannot believe you hoarded that story until just now. Honestly, I forgot about it. Wow. So much, so much trauma. You suppressed, you, know, I, you suppressed I had to, the trauma. I had to dig it up. 
Because you know what I think? Had that happened and had I realized it then, right? Had I gone down to the basement and been and confronted somebody down there, it would have been a different story than finding out about it when I didn't, we didn't even own the house anymore. Like it was when I was a little kid and then I found out as an adult. So that kind of, it kind of made it a little less, not a little less real, but it wasn't as traumatic probably. So see, I feel like for me now as an adult, if I ever had a basement, I would just constantly think someone was living down there. Yeah. Well, and especially the way houses settle, like I have a, uh, an attic and sometimes I'll hear noises and it's like, oh, that. It's so weird because sometimes it settles and it sounds like a footstep, but it's not. I've been up there. There's no way up there except through the house. And I've been up there. You guys, would you comment on real-time crime pod posts or DM us on Instagram and let us know if you're now checking every nook and cranny of your house and if you're terrified and also if anything like this has ever happened to you? I don't want to know, but Dimitri does because he's starting a support group. Yeah. (laughs) I'll weed through them and I'll share the ones that I think you can handle. So none of them. And if you find somebody, obviously, feel free to call the police first, then reach out to us after. Yeah, please call the police first. Pretty much always. Mm -hmm. Police first. And then call in live at (laughs) 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-21-CRIME. 866-21-CRIME. That's 866-212-7463. Just uh, leave us a voicemail. Maybe we'll play it. Real-time crime pod on Instagram. I'm at Leah Lamar, L-E-A-H-L-A-M-A-R-R. TikTok with five R's. Show dates at LeahLamar.com. Same thing as Twitter. Dimitri? Uh, at Dimitri Pappas uh, across social media. And, you know, uh, Leah's show dates are up at her uh, site, too. So check those out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. This has been a very manic episode of Real-time crime. We'll see you next week. Stay safe. Check your events. Love ya. Goodbye. It's real-time crime. It's real-time crime. It's real I mean, is it actually real-time crime? Are we solving anything? Or is that just a thing we say? It's a thing we say? Got it. Okay. See you next week for more real-time crime, only on iHeartRadio. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.